Psalm 36. This psalm describes the great contrast between David, the psalmist, and his favor under the blessing of God, and the wicked who deceive themselves about their transgressions and their sins until they find out how terrible they are. Psalm 36. Let's rise together and read it in unison. Together. The transgression of the wicked saith within my heart that there is no fear of God before his eyes. For he flattereth himself in his own eyes until his iniquity be found to be hateful. The words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit. He hath left off to be wise and to do good. He deviseth mischief upon his bed. He setteth himself in a way that is not good. He abhorreth not evil. Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and thy faithfulness reacheth unto the clouds. Thy righteousness is like the great mountains. Thy judgments are a great deep. O Lord, thou preservest man and beast. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. O continue thy loving kindness unto them that know thee, and thy righteousness to the upright in heart. Let not the foot of pride come against me, and let not the hand of the wicked remove me. There are the workers of iniquity fallen. They are cast down and shall not be able to rise. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Verses 1 through 4 and 12 expressly describe the wicked. David prays for his deliverance from them in the 11th verse. When we see the wicked sinning, the transgression of the wicked teaches us a lesson. According to the first verse, the transgression of the wicked saith within my heart, it tells us a lesson. There's no fear of God before his eyes. Because the real fear of God is to depart from iniquity and to pursue righteousness. Because our desire when we fear God is to please him. And so we hate sin and we turn from it. When we see men sinning, we know there is no fear of God. They can sing about the fear of God. They can quote verses about the fear of God. But there is no fear of God in their eyes because it would affect their lives. The fear of God is not just an emotion, a feeling, a thought, a doctrine, a concept, a belief. The fear of God is a lifestyle. And when we see a lifestyle of wickedness or sin, compromise or hypocrisy, we see someone who doesn't fear God. You can't do both. And so the wise man here, David, the psalmist, tells us that the transgression of the wicked teach him a lesson. 
And here is the further lesson of the deceitfulness of our hearts. And we're all capable of this every day. He flattereth himself in his own eyes. Now remember, the lesson was in the eyes of David in verse 1. It was David that understood what was happening, not the sinner. The sinner doesn't know what's happening. All he knows is he's feeding his lust. But there was a lesson to David in verse 1. But look at what is happening in verse 2 when the wicked man deceives himself into justifying his sins. For he flattereth himself in his own eyes. And we tell ourselves all sorts of things. God doesn't see my sin. God won't punish my sin. I'm not as bad as other sinners. I see them getting away with their sins. There are sinners in the Bible and they survived. I feel good about my sin. This surely can't be wrong. I have such a peace about it. And on and on they go. He flattereth himself in his own eyes that he is going to get away with his sin until his iniquity be found to be hateful. And there is no sin. There is no sin that does not end up being hateful. It will destroy you and root out all of your increase. It will destroy all of your peace. It will take away all of your prosperity. Sin is a destructive evil in the world. It ruined this world from the very beginning when our first parents sinned. There may be pleasures of sin for a season to the liar who lies to himself and believes his own lie. For he flattereth himself in his own eyes until his iniquity be found to be hateful. The chickens come home to roost. And when the chickens come home to roost, do you know what they drop on you? Sin does not pay. Sin will turn to be hateful. You can flatter yourself all you want. That you can get away with rebellion against your parents. You can get away with playing with the world and think that you can have both. I can pretend to be a Christian and I can have fun in the world. The Lord is going to tear your life upside down. Some of us know it from first-hand experience. None of us should have to learn it firsthand because the Bible teaches it to us. And it teaches it to us right here. Verse 3, the words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit. When he talks, it's sinful thinking and it's deceiving thinking. It's lying. He lies to others and he lies to himself. He hath left off to be wise and to do good. This is a wicked man. He's no longer pursuing the pleasure of God and His commandments. He's pursuing His own desires. He's left off to do good. He deviseth mischief upon His bed. What are your fantasies and thoughts about when you're lying in your bed? Are they pure and righteous? Are they noble and godly? Are they good thoughts? When you have nothing distracting you and no one there to warn you, no one there to encourage or exhort you, what are your thoughts about? Do you quote verses to yourselves? Do you pray to yourself? Do you pray to the Lord? Do you commune with your own heart upon your bed? And are you still before God? Psalm 4.4. Or do you fantasize about your wicked and evil imagination that's contrary to the Word of God, that's contrary to your parents' desire for your life? He deviseth mischief upon his bed. 
He setteth himself in a way that is not good. We establish many of our thoughts in our beds on how we're going to live and what we're going to do. He abhorreth not evil. We want to hate evil and abhor it. We want to despise it, detest it. It should be, we should loathe it. It's abomination in the sight of God. The true fear of God is to despise sin and to root it out of our lives and to hate every bit of it. We flatter ourselves with delusions, and that's what we're going to consider today, is how we lie to ourselves to justify little or large sins. The natural man is a master at it. He can come up with so many lying excuses for you to play with sin until it's found to be hateful. And then as Proverbs 5 tells us about the man who wants to play around with fornication and adultery in the end of his life when his life is ruined and he's, he's tore up from the inside out, he rues the day that he ever rejected the instruction of his teachers. He knows he was taught, he knows he was warned, but now it is too late. He's ruined his life because he followed his own course rather than the course of his instructors. But there's a big change in verse 5 because there's a whole different way to live. And it's to live in the favor and mercy and blessing of God. And the psalmist here is talking about it. When he looked at the wicked, he got a lesson in his heart about how they were thinking. But then he describes what it's like to live a righteous life under God's favor. Verse 5, Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and thy faithfulness reacheth unto the clouds. God's mercy and God's faithfulness, he's measuring here the height that the clouds in the heavens are above the earth. It is so great. A total different way of living. God is faithful and God is merciful to those that live a righteous life and pursue him. They are followed with that great, high faithfulness and mercy all the days of their lives. Verse 6, thy righteousness is like the great mountains. That would be Mount Everest to us. That would be like the Rocky Mountains. Thy judgments are a great deep, like the Mariana Trench in the Pacific Ocean, seven miles deep. O Lord, thou preservest man and beast. God's righteousness and his judgments, his fair dealings with men are like the highest mountains and they're like the deepest deep. They're so huge. They're the greatest extent of height and depth that we know. That's why it appeals to the great mountains and the great deep. God's righteousness and his judgments, his fair dealings with those who put their trust in him. And yet men want to flatter themselves that they can live against that God. But you cannot be sure your sin will find you out. Verse 7, how excellent is thy loving kindness, O God, with an exclamation point. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. That's not all the children of men. That's only the elect, born again, convicted and converted children of men that put their trust under the shadow of God's wings. Because his, ex, his loving kindness is excellent. With an exclamation point. Do you really want to have a prosperous, blessed, pleasure-filled life? There's only one way to live it. And don't flatter yourself to think that you can find it by playing with sin. There's only one way. And it's to dive into the depths of God's mercy and his judgments. It's to dive into the height of his faithfulness and his loving kindness and his goodness. How excellent is it in the earth? Look at verse 8. 
They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house. Amen. Worshiping God and being among God's people and, and pursuing the face of God is the way to have pleasure in this life. They shall be abundantly satisfied, not barely satisfied, not miserably satisfied. They shall be abundantly satisfied. And if you're in the flesh this morning, even 1%, 1% in the flesh, the Lord is being in the flesh. But if you're in the flesh 1% this morning, you do not know what that 8th verse is talking about. If you've been in the flesh, even 1%, you do not know what that 8th verse is talking about because you've never even tried. Because to be in the flesh, you do not understand that verse because that is a spiritual verse for people that are walking in the Spirit. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house. And a man in the flesh doesn't get any of that. He just wonders what in the world we're all talking about. And it's true of all of us. And thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. That is the good life. The good life is not in verses 1 through 4, deceiving ourselves that we can get away with sin. He flatters himself only for a little while until his sin is found to be hateful. This is true pleasure. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house. Fatness. Fat has the most flavor of any food you will ever partake of. Carbohydrates and protein do not have flavor in comparison to fat. You cannot make a protein or a carbohydrate taste like a piece of bacon. A piece of bacon smells the way it does in the air and tastes the way it does in your mouth because it's full of fat. And this is fatness. It's the fat of the flock. It's the fat of the land that the Bible always lifted up. And God's house is full of fatness. The most pleasure, the most taste, the most enjoyment is following the Lord and worshiping Him. Right. And anything that deceives us to ever turn in the least degree away from this is a lie that we want to reject. And we want to identify them in our lives. We do not want to lie to ourselves so that we miss this abundant satisfaction, this fatness, and the rivers of pleasures. Verse 9, for with thee is the fountain of life. God is the fountain of life. He's the source of life. He is the abundant life. There is no other life anywhere else. Right. It's all death. Death inside. Death to your body. Death to your soul. Death to your family. You play with sin, you're killing yourself. That's true. It's suicide. For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. Amen. Do you want to have a light-filled life? It's all in verse 9. It's found with God only. Otherwise, you're going to be in darkness and delusion and discouragement and death. Verse 10, O continue thy loving kindness unto them that know thee and thy righteousness to the upright in heart. Who are the ones that, that understand and appreciate and enjoy all that abundance of satisfaction and those pleasures? They're described right here in verse 10. Them that know thee. The ones that know God. That's more than knowing about God. That's knowing God. That's walking with Him. That's having a relationship with Him. 
It's not a religion of God. It's a relationship with God. It's that person that enjoys his loving kindness and his loving kindness continues unto them. And the last part of verse 10, thy righteousness is to the upright in heart. If you have a heart that is upright, your heart always wants to do what is right and seeks to do what is right. Those are the ones that experience the good things of verses 5 down through verse 9. Verse 11, David says, don't let the proudful men come against me. Don't let the wicked remove me, O Lord. There are the workers of iniquity fall, and David watched this his entire life. They are cast down and shall not be able to rise. Whether it was Saul's family, David saw, David saw Saul's family fall never to rise. The ruling family in Israel fell and never rose because David replaced them. David saw the Philistines fall not to rise in his lifetime. And in his son's lifetime, David saw Absalom fall, never to rise. And so we have Psalm 36. The transgression of the wicked saith within my heart, there is no fear of God before their eyes. I don't care what they say to me, they do not fear God. If they feared God, they would be pursuing righteousness in the way God defines it. They flatter themselves and they deceive themselves into thinking that they can get away with sin. And then that sin turns out to be one very hateful thing with horrible consequences of pain and misery and death. But David said, as high as the mountains, as deep as the sea, as high as the heavens, how excellent is God's loving kindness to those that know him and those that are upright in heart. May the Lord bless us to believe that. And may the Lord bless us to seek that. And may the Lord bless us this day to examine our hearts to find out where we're flattering ourselves. Where are you flattering yourself? Oh, you're good at it. And you like to believe it. We need to ask ourselves, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me, lest I be one of these that flatter myself in sin. And it ends up destroying my life. Lord, hear us. May the Lord bless the reading of his word.